What's going on everyone? Chase here and uh, this review in particular was supposed to be on episode 321 but due to technical difficulties we could not record this week so you guys will get it in mini review form. I apologize for the inconvenience but without further ado here is I'm Thinking of Indian Things. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another movie review. I'm Chase Lee, and the movie I want to take a look at right now is I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Now, this one comes from Netflix. It is directed by Charlie Kaufman. And full of misgivings, a young woman travels with her new boyfriend to his parents' secluded farm. Upon arriving, she comes to question everything she thought she knew about him and herself. It runs at 2 hours and 14 minutes, and that plot synopsis that IMDb has on their page is about as accurate as you're going to get. Because there's a lot going on in this movie, it's super hard to describe, and I'm, I'm even going to struggle um, doing this review. But like with that, with that actual plot description, that is the best way to describe it if you want to lure people in and get them interested in this film. Because it goes into some weird, dark places... Um, but uh, it is definitely a journey for sure. Whether you, you think it's a good journey or a bad journey, that's kind of up to you. So going into this, I was super excited. Uh, I love Charlie Kaufman movies. Whether you think about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, being John Malkovich, Schenectady, uh, New York, Amelisa. Um, the guy just always has a unique vision uh, for his films, whether he's just the screenwriter or uh, the director or both. Um there is always that Kaufman touch. You know exactly what type of movie you're going to get into. He plays a lot with fantasy and kind of surreal environments and imagery, but having these kind of like, you know, characters that are grounded and have this real emotional weight to it that if anyone watches his movies, they can pull from those characters and really relate to them, even though it's set in these kind of weird dreamlike settings. Um, they're always really fleshed out and, um, really uh, just great characters to follow. So this one, I saw a trailer for it, and that was it. I wanted it immediately. I um, look, Cool thing with Netflix is that they'll drop a trailer like a week or two before the movie drops or the TV show drops, so you don't have to wait too long. But I was like, just give it to me now. I, I, I want to watch this movie. And uh, I'm excited to see Jesse Plemons uh, in kind of like a co-lead role um, and I, I've heard great things from Jesse Buckley. I've seen her in some small things, but uh, this is my first kind of like full experience of her as in a lead role. And I can't hide it anymore. I, I love this movie. This is one of my favorites of the year. Uh, if it's not my favorite of the year, it might be knocked down a couple of pegs, but it's going to be top five by the end of this year for sure. God, I love this movie. It's very dark. It, you have to be in that correct emotional spot to watch this movie. Uh, um, it is dark. It is very emotional, especially when you get towards the very end. But it's also funny. There's also some kind of um, cynicism to it uh, that uh, Kaufman approaches uh, that with comedy. And so it's it's kind of like that weird blend. But it is a very, very heavy movie. And you've got to be in the right mindset to watch it. But I think the journey that I took... With these characters, it was so worth it, um, and it was emotionally resonant that by the end of it, I wanted to watch it again immediately. And I know when I uh, when I watch something, if I want to watch it again right off the bat, it is something special for sure. So, 
to let's, let's just go ahead and jump right into this. Let's start with Charlie Kaufman, who is arguably the star of all of his movies, even though he's not in them. Um, he was kind of like a Tarantino or like a Scorsese or, you know, David Lynch, Bong Joon-ho. Like, uh, they, they are the star of their films, and they're the ones behind the camera. So, first of all, I want, I, I want to say that Kaufman takes this story in directions that you don't even know where it's going. And when it takes this kind of like hard right turn uh, at a certain point in the story, you kind of sit there and you think, oh my God, he just pulled that off. Because the transition that he does uh, from focusing on Jesse Buckley's character to possibly another character and switching past like that and having a different perspective on it, that's hard to do. And when you get to the end of the film... And you start replaying scenes in your head of like um, when they're at the ice cream stand or when they're driving on the road, when they're at um, Jesse Plemons' uh, parents' house. You start to really think like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Um, Given the fact uh, that this is how it ends, you replay those scenes. You're like, this was so well-crafted. You had no idea that this is what they were saying because they don't just directly tell you what's going on. It's, it's a lot of visual metaphor. And so you replay it and you go, wow, this is what it actually meant. And there's meaning behind it. Like, it's just, it's just crazy to me that they were able to misdirect like that. And I, I thought it was actually really well handled. I never read the book, so I have no idea how the book progresses. But the way the movie is kind of laid out, it's, uh, it's such a great journey to follow. It's a very depressing journey to follow, but uh, a great one nonetheless. So... Coffin takes these turns uh, for the better, in my opinion, and uh, it just makes it uh, for a more exhilarating um, type of experience. Um, uh, second thing is the kind of visual um, kind of translation that he has on this film. Uh, I, I kind of noticed that it reminded me of like a, like a Tim Burton film. There was a lot of you know dreamlike kind of sets. A lot of saturated colors. It doesn't feel like it's a part of this world, but at the same time, it kind of does. So it's it's kind of playing both sides of that coin. But I just I just always thought that each scene was packed with so much visual noise in such a great way that it just it made for the kind of dreamlike fantasy surreal experience that Kaufman wants uh, to go for. And so I really enjoyed the the kind of visual flares and touches of this film, utilizing, I think, sets that they all built, um, really kind of making sure there's intricate detail in every single thing that's in every single scene. And it just uh, it makes a world of difference because, like I said, it feels like a Burton film. It feels like a, a, a layer in hell that Beetlejuice went to. That's what this film kind of looks like. But, um, yeah, I just love the... Um, kind of visual direction that Kaufman took on this. Cause it does feel, uh, it does feel like a dream. Nothing really feels like it's happening in real life, but it feels like memories. It feels like, um, certain things that someone would remember. And we're just seeing it kind of piece together out in front of us. So, um, almost like as if someone's dying and we're seeing like their final moments of their life and like just the, the life flashing before the eyes type of scenario. Let's jump into the characters in the story. So with Jessie Buckley, we kind of start out with her um, 
saying that she's thinking of ending things. And it seems like their relationship's really not going to work. And so she agrees to go on this trip um, with Jesse Plemons and to see like his family and stuff. But she's just really not happy. And there is this kind of coldness that Buckley has to her character. It's intentional. But um, there is a coldness. We don't really like her right off the bat. And so when we're having these deep conversations with her and Plemons in the car, because there's a lot of elongated scenes of them just driving, um, I I thought those conversations were intriguing. Because I wanted to know more about the relationship. I wanted to know more of what she was feeling and what she was thinking. And the same with Plemons and like what he was feeling and thinking. And why does this relationship work? You're always baffled because... Yeah, it seemed like there was a lustful attraction in the beginning, but it seems like it died off pretty quickly. So why are these two people together? And through just wonderful dialogue and just like, you know, just the the amount of like tight editing that this movie has, like you're always just fascinated by what's going on. And it's not just the dialogue and the characters that you're so uh, intrigued with and you want to know more about, but it's also, like I said, the visual metaphors that Kaufman is surrounding like a bubble on these characters that have you thinking like, what does this mean? You know, without spoiling anything, uh, I'm going to give two examples. One, when they're driving in the car and they're talking with each other back and forth, they're driving in a snowstorm. It's dark outside. You can't even see the road. It looks like they're driving to nowhere. And that's kind of a theme that... uh, Kaufman is playing with which is loneliness and not really fulfilling your life's potential and feel like your life is in a, a rut and it's not going anywhere but they're having this conversation but they're all, it's all it's happening outside of them so you don't even think about that another scene they go to an ice cream shop I'm not going to say anything more beyond this but the ice cream shop represents someone's mind and there's a left side and there's a right side and it's just it's little things like that that get me going as a as a movie watcher and you know a potential filmmaker i see that stuff and i'm like this seems really really fascinating because like plemons is like back here near the car and she's up there near the the ice cream shop and she's talking with the people getting their order so much going on underneath i'm telling you when you when you see this it will blow your mind on just all this stuff crammed in here and i think it's it's all justified but everything that's just crammed in there that always just, it just means something. There's no fluff in this. It's just it's it's all uh, meant for purpose. Um, but yeah, I uh, I really liked uh, their relationship and just watching them kind of interact with each other. And when you get to the end of the movie, it you will have a tear in your eye. That's that's all I will say. I definitely cried. That is for sure. Um, you know, some of the other characters that are in this: uh, Tony Collette, David Thewlis. They are the uh, mother and father. Oh, Jeff, Jesse Plemons. And when they get to the farm, uh, that's this is when all the weird stuff starts happening. But Kaufman also plays with, uh, you know, themes and elements of time and how time can be lost uh, and how time is just super quick uh, in one's life. And if you don't utilize it to the best of your ability, life can just slip through your fingers and you're old before you know it type of deal. So um, utilizes time and just uh, the passage of time and the performances of Tony Collette and David Thewlis and the short amount of time that there is outstanding. The makeup is outstanding because they age jump and, um, you know, within these specific scenes, 
it's just it's just crazy to me that they were just so committed in their roles. You didn't you didn't see them as the actor and actress. You saw them as their characters. But Colette and Thulis are they've always been great. So that that's um, that's nothing for them. But speaking of the performances, Buckley and Plemons, wonderful. Like they fit that kind of the mold that Kaufman has for these characters, where they feel uh, kind of. They're they're kind of cynics, but they're also, you know, slightly lovely. Um, they're uh, sarcastic, um, but they they bring such a, a liveliness to their characters that um, just makes them fully realize. And you know, Coppin's is very specific on who he cast, and it was supposed to be um, uh, Brie Larson in Buckley's role, but I think uh, Buckley did a, a fantastic job um, in this role, just really not knowing what's going on she's just kind of like discovering this all at the first time that we're discovering it and just uh the amount of kind of subtlety in her her acting is just it's really outstanding and then Plemons is all always great I liked uh the switches that he made with his character that makes sense but um everyone does a lot of uh, uh a lot of switching within their characters within specific scenes and they will uh they change it up so quickly that you just um you don't mind it because it's just really flawless in their performance. Whew, this is a lot to talk about. Um, uh, what else am I gonna? Was I supposed to say? I was supposed to bring up something else, but um, you know, like I said, I mentioned earlier, the cinematography is wonderful. It has um this kind of uh, symmetrical look to it, and it's uh, just flawless camera work to to reveal stuff or to hide certain things, uh, placing cameras in certain um uh, frames of the camera. It just it all makes sense for the purpose that Kaufman is going for. The color scheme is great. It feels, like I said, Burton and dreamlike. The editing is fantastic. It's two hours and 14 minutes. It flies by. And the thing is, like, the first 20 minutes of this movie is just them talking in a car. But you're so uh, riveted, it, uh, like, what's going on because she's also speaking in her mind at the same time that they're speaking to each other, and there's so much going on, and it could become jarbled noise to some people, but it's just edited with such a lightness and freshness, like, it's just always moving, and even when they get to the, the farm, and they leave the farm, it's just, it's always going, but towards the end, it starts to slow down a bit, really letting the audience know this is what the movie's about. This is what this character is thinking. This is what this character is going through. Is there a possibility that we're at the end of his life right now or the end of her life? I don't know, but um, it, it really starts to slow down. And that's when you really start to soak everything in. And then by the time the last image happens and it hits the credits, I think it's a pretty uh, emotional ride for sure. Really, like I said, dealing with themes of loneliness and uh, having one's life slip away through their fingers. So I don't know what else to say. Uh, It it is a complex movie. I definitely want to watch it again. But I hope I did the movie justice in describing it to you guys and like what I thought about it. There's no secret. I'm going to give this movie an A. Uh, I don't think it's that A-plus level yet. I only reserve those for when I really feel it in my gut. It could get close. After a rewatch, it could be up to that plus mark, but I think a solid A for me for I'm Thinking of Any Things is a, it's just really great, guys. If you're into coffin movies, watch it. If you're not, I still say give it a watch. You might hate it, and you might blast me down below, but 
that's totally okay. Uh, I, I'm okay with differing opinions. And speaking of differing opinions, if you would like to tell me how, what you thought of I'm Thinking of Things, please comment down below. Even though I don't reply to all of them, I will read all of them. Excuse me, subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can get updates when I review anything. If you're more of a podcast person and you want these in podcast form, you can do just that. Subscribe to the Real Man Colon Movie podcast feed on Anchor, Spotify, CastBox. I am everywhere. Um, And then, yeah, that will do it for this review, guys. I'm Chase Lee, and tune in next time for whatever I review next. I will see you guys later. Thank <laughs> you.